0: I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time though.
1: Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.
0: Absolute Radio.
1: I put my hat upon my head and Uh, walked into the strand and there I met another man whose hat was in his hand. Sorry, that was a sound check. Um, I, I wasn't supposed to be on the podcast. Oh no! Anyway, this is the Frank Skinner absolute little insight podcast. into the magic there. Yes, exactly. So, um, yes, welcome and thanks for um, doing whatever you have to do to get a podcast up. <laughs> no idea. Clicking, clicking. Thanks for clicking, you guys. Um, and as usual, we're doing the intro after we've done the show. So, don't think we sound lat and because it wasn't, a, it was a brilliant show. Mm. But I'm, I'm drained now. I'm well, like spent. a husk. Yeah, are you spent? Spent. Mm. Yeah, but it was fabulous. We had uh, Mickey Flanagan was our guest. Now some of you might not even know Mickey Flanagan, but take it from me. In a year's time, you definitely will because I think he is the future of stand up comedy. He's really good. Um, And there was I. I just enjoy. I always enjoy. Let's face I it. I loved
2: it today, though. Yeah. A little certain je ne sais quoi. I'll
1: tell you what I liked. There was a wind howling outside the studio today. It was really... The rain was lashing against the window. And I was hunched over a microphone in a nice, warm little studio with my friends, just chatting mm. about life. And it was, it was like being in, in a... I remember I used to live in a log cabin in the Yukon in the <laughs> 1920s. <laughs> and it, it reminded me a lot of, of that. Except that we had to play Elbow.
0: Absolute
1: Radio. So we're off, and we've already had um, some messages in to saying that the what are they called? The cam. They're called things.
2: webcams. Webcams. So
1: I wanted to call it camcorder, but I knew that wasn't <laughs> no. right. The webcams aren't set properly. Can you can just see the top of my head?
3: Yeah, webcam number two is is just pointed at your hairline. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I had my hair cut yesterday, so I I came in earlier and. Moved it Can all, I just say, I that. like
2: your hair, it's quite evacuee from <laughs> yeah. wartime, but mm. I, that's no bad thing
1: I like that, do you like the gas, I got the gas mask <laughs> with it, to go with it, I thought that would be fine Well I thought, to be honest now, you know, I'm 52, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, I don't sleep around My idea of doing something dangerous is getting my hair cut on Friday the 13th mm. So that was it, that's, that's as brave, that's like an extreme sport for me slightly tragic so I'm sorry if you've done it to the top of my head but who watches the webcam anyway
2: I don't know but we're not allowed to touch them we got strict instructions once don't you remember we got told off for fiddling with them
1: (laughs) Um, I've never moved one ever can
3: I just make that I did to
2: point it directly at me of
1: course
3: (laughs) on um, webcam 3 though is pointed squarely at Emily Dean and so it's a treat for all the single men out there
1: yes and married and men with a roving
2: eye.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hate it when people have a roving eye, because you don't know which one's looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Or well, one of them's looking at Emily. Yeah. Well, I think
2: David Tennant that. moved it, because he's been in this week.
1: David Tennant's mm-hmm. been all over Absolute Radio, like a terrible rash. He's
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh,
1: his, his bed is in the... Uh, He's in the what? What's it called? When you the get the that foyer. foyer? That's it. Oh god, sorry. It's one terrible mistake after the next. I feel I've got out of the frying pan into the foyer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I can't remember any word. I've got nominal aphasia again. Yes, he's bed. David Tennant's bed, and I don't hmm. mean he's you know he's sleeping bed because he didn't you know he didn't want to get up that early. He's actually some of you will know he's, he's um, given his big. Bed to um, <laughs> <laughs> <you
2: know. laughs> big It's not that big a bed, actually. I'll it's be honest not. with you. It's when quite I... a small
1: double, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I saw <laughs> it, I thought, "Oh, come on, your bed! If that isn't the guest room bed, I'll eat my out You've never slept in that in your life, but it's all right now because British Gas have bought it for five grand, apparently.
2: Why have they paid five? Why would you want a second-hand bed from a Scottish man? <laughs>
1: Well, I imagine there'll be a lot of gas in that mattress. They can,
2: <laughs> they can feed
1: that off. and, uh, and I think David Tennant world. is
2: awesome, I should say, but I did not particularly want his second-hand bed.
1: I think David Tennant will, will be nothing after Doctor Who. Oh, Frank! You, were, you heard it here first.
2: Oh, well, well, they've, they've... God, <laughs> Frank!
3: They painted uh. the front door like the TARDIS. I think that's because he won't go in any building unless the front door is painted like the target. Is that right?
1: right? <laughs> but the foyer isn't any bigger inside than it was last week.
2: And also, why did they roll out like, the red carpet? How come when you joined, I didn't see three lions pacing around outside?
1: No, that, that that's good news. Though. <laughs> that would have been extremely dangerous. Anyway, I'm joking about David Tennant. I really like it. Any, I know Scottish people get very protective.
2: Oh, I know. Oh, they
1: love the tenants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so... <laughs> so anyway, he's, he was on all this week, and he has that absolutely. Star- I mean, he's a big star; you can't get round that. I once read an article saying that he had uh, he was going to play a brummie in in a play, and that uh, he sat and me and him met up, and we had a long, long. You know, we spent the day talking, and he mm. taped me and stuff to uh, to learn my accent. All complete rubbish. I've never met him in my life.
2: I know, but I got fifty quid for that story. <laughs> oh, <I didn't> <laughs> oh
1: that, that's fair enough then. And I suppose you spent that on paying someone to move my webcam. Yeah, I did. So it was all you, you, you. And, of course, the very sad news, the tragic news this this, this uh, weekend is that uh, Bruce Forsyth is not going to be on Strictly Come Dancing tonight. I mean, that is...
3: He's got oh. the
1: flu. He's got the flu. Yeah, oh, sorry, I should have said he's got... Because people just chilling <laughs> in and thought, oh, well, it's just a matter of time. No, oh, no. Yeah. he's uh, He's got the flu. But uh, it won't be the same, will it? I mean... Strictly come dancing without Bruce Forsyth. He's like watching the Grand Prix without an accident. Absolute Radio. So um, it's... Uh, That's the morning! And this is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. And, oh, I'm just scratching my leg. I'm scratching there. my leg. That's perfectly all right, okay. isn't it? When I lean forward to scratch my leg, I'm not on webcam at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's as if I'm not here.
2: But I could hear the urgency in your voice, and it was a bit distracting.
1: Yeah, but I think you know if if they can hear my voice, just trust that I'm here. You'll find that radio before the age of webcam, people just took it for granted if they could hear someone. They were probably there in the studio, anyway. So uh, there's a great picture in the Sun today. If, if I'm not, I'm not championing any newspaper, and I don't normally uh, buy the Sun. But you should go out. There's a picture of uh, there's a waxwork, two waxworks dummies in in the. In Thailand's Madame Two right? Two Sards, Two Swords. Let's call the whole thing "Wax." <laughs> and um, there's a picture of Posh and Beck's No, not a picture. There's, there's there's dummies of them. And Victoria Beckham looks exactly like Submariner from the um, Marvel comics. Do you remember Submariner? He come he, he come from under the land, under sea. Hence his nickname. It didn't come from under the land. Although the a sea, probably under the land, if there's a Jotty Out bit.
2: It's a horrible waxwork. She won't be happy with that. No,
1: they've even made it sweaty. <laughs> I mean, why would they do that? I've never seen her sweat in my life. I dare say David has, but even then, I'm guessing. Uh, and he, uh, the the headline in the paper is, what Domi made this? And then it's, you know. But um, I thought, you know, the other week when te- we had uh, a Test Daily headline and we thought, there must be... It's not. It's not one of the. You know the sun's so brilliant at those punning headlines. And is the, that that's, when
2: Laura Solon was on and the show was so brilliant and she was amazing?
1: Yeah. And so um, <laughs> what we thought we might uh, do is is just ask if anyone's got a better advert for um, Thailand, Madam Two um Two Swords. <laughs> what, what am I saying there? It's as if I'd gone out carrying two Sards. <laughs> yes, I have two Sards for defence this morning. And um, that happened to me, you know. I was in. Uh, I was in. Uh, I'll come back to this in a minute. Just talk amongst yourselves at home. I was. Uh, I was walking through Victoria, uh, not Beckham, the area of London, <laughs> with um, with my girlfriend, and um, a police car screeched to a halt. At, at, oh, always screeched. they always d- screech. No, well, it did though. It really. It went, and. Uh, and the man put his head out the window, I'm opening it for... I say a man, a policeman, obviously. And he said to me, Have you seen a bloke with a sword? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought, did he mean, in my life? You know, I mean, I, I'd recently watched um, The Mark of Zorro. But I, I I can see he wasn't in the mood for banter. So, um, it's quite a frightening thing to be asked. Have you seen a man with a sword? And and I went... I said... Uh, and he went, quickly, <laughs> which obviously made me extremely anxious. And, uh, and I said, uh, no. And he went, right, and then they shot off again. So now, imagine my predicament. I'm standing with my girlfriend in a dark street in, in <laughs> Victoria knowing that the police are searching quite urgently for a man with a sword.
2: But that doesn't seem a very thorough investigation, running up to strangers going, have you seen a man with a sword? Well,
1: uh, yeah, I, you know, it's always good to go for an eyewitness if you can get one. Anyway, we started, and I thought, I have to be calm about this. Obviously, I'm terrified in case there's a man with a sword comes around the corner. Um, so you've got a human shield with you, though, so you don't
3: need to worry that much.
1: Well, this is what, see, I wanted to be calm so that, so that Kat didn't get frightened. So she said, a man with a sword? And I said, well, that's the modern world, isn't it? And then I thought, of course it isn't the modern world, <laughs> is it? It's actually like the 16th century. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, they did catch. I think we uh, they did catch him in the end, and um, yeah, and we weren't killed. <laughs> <laughs> now that's one of those anecdotes. I thought it was going quite well, and then I hadn't really got an ending. Someone told me if ever you're struggling at the end of an anecdote, just say, "And do you know that man was Robert Dougal. <laughs> radio so um, w- w- yeah what I did I interrupted a-, a thing that was gonna ask you to do there's a, there's a story in the paper about um, in Thailand their Madame two swords has-, has-, has made a posh and bex uh, dummy <laughs> uh, dummies and and um, and yeah we, we thought the headline is what dummy made this wasn't good enough so if you've got one of them fancy pond, so what's the ingredients we've got Thailand we've got Madame Toussaint's wax we've, then Bex. we've got Bex Washington Spice Bex, Girl Beckham. you know um, mm. a new new range of clothing uh, it hasn't got the beard hasn't got the that's one of the problems of making a wax worker David Beckham is that you'd have to be changing the wig and stuff adding tattoos I mean it's it's work in progress at best at Bexed <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I'm not having oh. a go at this one, because uh, that would be absolutely rubbish. Speaking of clothing, yeah, I read this week in the paper that the average man, the average UK man, right, he, um, he only buys his own pants for 17 years of his life. Before that, his mum buys them, and, and after that, his, his partner buys them. That's
2: horrible. So there's
1: a small pocket. Obviously not in the pants, though I have seen pants with a small pocket for a condom. I, I don't know if you, ever, if you remember. Because they, didn't, they didn't catch on, um, and also I used to use them for parking meter change. <laughs> um, but that, there's a small pocket in your life when you, when you buy your own pants, and after that you don't care. Now this is, I have to say, and this is not. I'm not exaggerating for comic purpose. I have pants which I've had s- s- since the early '90s.
2: You're joking.
1: They've been, they're regularly washed.
2: They must look like the Turing shroud. That's disgusting.
1: <laughs> well, no, I haven't left some eternal imprint <laughs> on them, um, which is constantly questioned and carbon dated by scientists. No, they just seem to last for ages. Really? I, I don't throw clothes
3: away. If they, I've, most of my clothes are from the 90s. Um, if you had an independent adjudicator for your pants, do you think that they would say... Hey, hold on, you're, you're, you're <laughs> assuming <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> um, would they look at those pants and think, wow, these look brand new, these don't look a day old. I can't believe they're nearly 20 years old. No, they'd probably think, wow, well, <laughs> retro pants,
1: that's interesting. I haven't seen any bionic man Logoed pants for many a year. What sad. pants
2: do you wear though? If it's not too personal a question, I wear a. It I is actually a very personal question. I ge-
1: well, I have I have two ranks of um, of. Um, no, that no. I have <laughs> uh, no. Don't even. Don't even. I have. Um, I have two. Uh, I'm going to call it two. No, I'm going to go back. Tears. I'm going to go back. Yeah, two tears. Ti- I have yeah. two tears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, two tears. I always claim I always climb that patch is tears.
2: Um, and
1: I'm terribly sorry for anyone listening of a fragile we have disposition. Stuck with ranks. Yeah, no, no. I think we did well to move on. Um, I have the, the nice pants, my Calvin Kleins, and then I. Have, oh,
2: that's nice. I like Calvin.
1: Yeah, and then I have um, Calvin Classics. Calvin Classics are deliberately made to sound as if they're by (laughs) Calvin Klein, but they're off the market. Do
2: you actually get them from the market?
1: I get them from the kind, if not the market, market market-esque establishments. Cheap places. Where Uh,
2: things might cost no more than 99p, perhaps?
1: Well, put it this way. They're not the sort of pants you buy individually. Oh, They come in packs of five, you know. Uh, And uh, the, the thing is with Calvin Classics, what I find is that... Have you got any, Gareth, Calvin Classics? I had Calvin Classics when I was younger, but, um... So did I, and I've still got them. (laughs) What happens is the elasticated waistband, which is obviously one is familiar with on boxer shorts, it tends to separate from the main garment.
2: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so... That must be lovely for your girlfriend.
1: (laughs) Well, um... Hey, they're not on that long. You know what I'm saying? Um... So it means, like... You know when you see a girl with a thong and you see the thing above the, above the jeans? Oh, yeah, and yeah. Goes, well, with, with me, there are occasions when you can see my jeans and then my, the, body, the main body of my pants and then a gap of flesh and then the elasticated waistband.
2: <laughs>
1: it's, a, it's a gradation between the end of me and the beginning of my clothing. It's, it's, it's gradually It all
2: sounds so complex down there.
1: Well... No, I, no, anyway, so that that's the Calvin. Actually, I know, I heard a great story about Calvin Klein, and we're, we're about to play a song, but shall, shall I tell it after? Yeah, Producer tell it after. Says, I'll tell it after. <laughs> OK, but I might not tell it after in, in a fit of pique, at at it, it being moved from the spontaneous <laughs> place it was born. Calvin Klein had a brilliant idea. In his offices, in his, in his top, his headquarters, in the kitchen there, there used to be a chart on the wall with all these different grades of brown on it. You know, like you get a paint chart. So from very, very oh, light yeah. brown to quite dark brown. Each well, this is
2: the designer, Calvin Klein. Yes. How do you know this? Because, you know,
1: I know people who know people. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so apparently each of these browns was numbered, right? And he'd say to one of his uh, runners, you know, the people, he said, oh, oh, I'd love a cup of tea. I think number eight. <laughs> <laughs> and then they used to have to match the cup of tea exactly to that shade of brown. Now, isn't that a good idea?
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mine would be, if I ordered tea, I'd want Russet Sunset.
1: Yeah, well, I think numbers is...
2: on <laughs> the paint it's, colour. You know, it's
3: less affected, shall oh. we say. Yeah, I'm so pleased with where that story went then, because I thought it was going to be some terrible skidmark related story. Yeah, well, I don't,
1: I don't tell that kind of I could see tension in your eyes. Yeah. I'm thinking, what he looks anxious about? All it is is a story about a man famous for underpants and some grading system on shades of brown. Why could no. he possibly be edgy? <laughs> I was quite scared.
3: I was quite scared. I nearly had an 82.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was that with sugar or without? <laughs> One lump <long> or <pour> two.
3: <laughs> oh no!
1: I'm sorry, can we read what We can't read what? It's live? But- <laughs> I should have been told. <laughs> Why
2: wasn't I told?
1: Yeah. Talking
2: so- of pants, Frank.
1: Oh we're still talking about. Yes, pants. Yes, we are. Okay. We've had
2: a text in on eight twelve fifteen. Oh that, yes,
1: that is the text number. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Eight twelve fifteen.
2: Uh someone who remains nameless. Hold says- on, I'm gonna
1: say it again so okay. it's imprinted in the mind, but I'm gonna say it in a slightly odd way so Go it sticks. On.
2: I'm 1215!
1: <laughs> well, I think they'll remember that forever. So, what what what's the text
2: say? Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> um, the producer's absolutely lost it. She's just standing by the window. That's because
1: I've broken all the sound systems Of the thing.
2: Uh, okay, so this nameless text says Frank, my ex. It's the text
1: with no name. I'll, I'll set it up like. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh! <laughs> Do-do-lo-lo.
1: I like the bit where it goes ding, 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 oh, ding. I and love then some blogs go, oh, oh. <laughs> Anyway, so the text went on name walks into town. I, I see the text in a poncho.
2: The <laughs> text not wearing a poncho? Just let me read the text. Okay. Frank, my ex, 40-year-old. Oh, mm. that already sounds like there's trouble. Used to share his pants with his flatmates. They had a communal pant drawer. Oh, dear. They didn't buy any pants from the start, so I have no idea where they came from. I that would have been a deal breaker for me.
1: I like the fact that they didn't know where they came from, the way, the way they emanate, the way sometimes clothes appear in your head. Maybe
3: they were in the flat when they moved in.
1: <laughs> what do you know? There's a pale blue pashmina in my in my wardrobe. I have I have not the slightest idea where it came from. Is that
3: like a scarf or a or a? <laughs> yes,
1: it's well, it's like a rather big and elaborate scarf. But I have no idea. I don't know the sort of people that wear pashmina. It might you know, be mine. I, I don't, do you wear a pashmina? I've been known once or twice. Well, I'd see it like a, a slightly... Like a middle-aged piano teacher would be wearing ah. a pashmina.
2: Absolute radio.
1: Well, I think we're human.
0: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: that that's this morning's phoning. Are we human or are we dancer?
2: I think we're dancer.
1: Oh, you think we're dancer?
2: Yeah, not dancer.
1: <laughs> okay, well,
3: what do you <laughs> think, Gareth? Um, I I would say. I d- uh, denser? De- you d- denser? <laughs> d- no, not denser. I would say are we human dancer. or are we
1: slightly denser than human? <laughs> are we, in fact, wood? Yeah, I, d- I don't know what it means. What does it mean? What are the killers asking?
2: What is it, Gareth? Do you have any insight um, into this? Well,
1: I think well, is, he, is, uh, what is he saying Danson? Are we human or are we Ted Danson? What Ted Danson? Who, who Danson? Used to be <laughs> in Cheers. Oh, I'd
2: like to be Danson. Uh, I, I think
1: it's a subtle way of exposing <laughs> the fact that, that that Ted Danson is a goddamn droid. <laughs> He's not you. I knew that. I knew he wasn't human. I
2: think everyone's a goddamn droid. You no, think no. Phil Schofield is goddamn droid. Well,
1: that's only two, I think. Okay. But two is enough to start a revolution. I think you'll find. Are we human or are we damsons? Yeah.
2: Well, what do, what does it mean? Does anyone know what they're saying? They're not uh, saying
1: dancers. If you said, are we human or are we damsons? Do you know what it
2: means, can you text us in on 8-12-15? I've taken over the show, sorry.
1: No, that's all right. I like the idea of you doing, you doing the sort of, uh, the domestic bits. The
2: housekeeping. <laughs> yes. We have had a text in, actually, Frank, saying, Great show, glad I did not run you over as you walked out in front of me on Thursday morning down Shaftesbury Avenue. What the hell?
1: Oh yes, yes, oh yes, I'd been to uh, I'd been to a science breakfast. What? You know when you get to a science breakfast?
2: <laughs> no, Gareth and I don't live that lifestyle. Well, I had an
1: invite um, from the London Times, which I write a column for every Friday, and they said we're doing a science breakfast at the Royal Institute in Albemarle Street.
2: Did you wake up and it was eighteen <laughs> eighty-five? Yes.
1: So I got a hansom cab <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> What it was that we we sat and had you know bacon sandwiches and tea and and stuff, and uh, meanwhile there was a, a lectern in one corner and the astronomer royal Lord Rees gave a lecture on science. That was that that was the breakfast, which I you know. I liked it. It was it was extremely entertaining. He's, he's brilliant, Lord Rees. You get a chance. I know
2: you're like his groupie. You're always going on about him.
1: Yeah, if you ever get actually, they sent me a photo, and it's like him lecturing. I'm sitting. I'm right next to the le- too close. You know when you're too close to mm. the stage. I'm re- and, and I'm looking up like you know like a, a loyal animal.
2: <laughs> acolyte. Yeah,
1: that's a yes, an acolyte. That's what I'm looking. at. But anyway, so that's why I was crossing Shaftesbury Avenue. I, I was probably coming oh. back actually. I was coming back from my.
2: You're getting quite obsessed <laughs> by science. You came in this morning with "I've got some great science gossip." Like it was three AM or something. Yes,
1: I can't tell the science gossip on air. But, um, I think I
2: think it's okay. I've always
1: thought there isn't enough science gossip on Absolute Radio, <laughs> but um, yeah, he, he, he was very interesting. See, last night my girlfriend's away for the uh, for the the week. Okay. Uh, I don't to any women listening to think that's some sort of a come on. It isn't. I'm just saying, so I'm, I'm, you know that mix, when your partner goes away, there's a strange mixed feeling of, oh, what am I going to do? I'll miss them. And also, hey, <laughs> I can watch all those programmes that she's too stupid to enjoy. Frank. And that was a joke. And she'll know that. The text is probably already on its way. How dare you? I'm not coming back. Anyway, so last not, i taped um, four programmes called The Story of Maths, which I'd never got round to watching. I know nothing about maths and I thought this is it I'm going to start you know, because as you get older your brain starts to turn into jam basically and I thought it's good to have so- another challenge and that gets all different parts of your brain working so I watched this programme and then it actually got to a bit of maths and it was just like at school as soon as they did <laughs> even the simplest maths I felt like a, a dull pain in the bridge <laughs> of my nose and then it had gone then they were talking about something else I just couldn't, I couldn't get it at all
2: and then so. you switched over to Girls of the Playboy Mansion, which is what you really watch. Let's be honest. Yeah,
1: but there's a certain amount of maths involved in that. Certainly geometry,
2: <laughs> the
1: uh, the makeup of the globe. But yes, so uh, that was that was what I. But I'll tell you a jo- I'll tell you a science joke.
2: Oh, it's God. more of a.
1: It's it's part. It's sort of an opera joke. <laughs>
2: Oh, even better!
1: Opera jokes on Absolute Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he said. One Did you thing tell about...
2: the opera joke at your science breakfast? No, no. This
1: is something that Lord Rees told. <laughs> oh, Lord Rees name Rece. dropping. <laughs> Lord Rees.
2: <About> the astronomer <laughs> royal. I love
1: this. This will be the first time there's ever been an opera joke. I think it's quite hardcore as well. If you don't know anything about it, just trust me. It's sort of funny. It, apparently, what, if you're a scientist, it's not your big worries. If you don't make your discovery quick, someone else will. Get there instead. Mm-hmm. And he said artists don't have that worry so, so much. He said, for example, when Wagner took off 10 years from writing the Ring Cycle, he wasn't worried that someone was going to scoop him on Gotterdammerung. <laughs> 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 Frank Skidder on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. It's interesting that Travis say that thing about you've been drifting for a long, long time. I remember my uh, when I got expelled from school, my headmaster said to me, You're a, you are a drifter, and one day you'll drift into something you can't drift out of.
2: Oh.
1: Consequently, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I'm here with uh, Gareth and Emily. And uh, we asked, we, we earlier played the Killers um, song, Human, which is, says, are we human or are we dance? I, does Dancer. Say, does it say dance? Does it say dancer
3: or dancers?
2: Well, I don't know.
3: I think it says dancer. Okay. I, I don't think we've got a definite um, decision on that, but okay. we've got a couple of things about what it means. Okay. Um, Kate and Aaron York said apparently the Are We Human? Kate and Aaron York have written. They've they've co-written it. They, the Bishop of York together, and yeah. his wife. <laughs> Um, it says Are We Human or Are We Dancer's song is a quote from Hunter S Thompson referring to the fact that there were more dancers than nurses being trained in the USA at the time I'm um, not no. sure when that time was and then another person um, has heard an interview from Brandon Flowers um, what's their name but I you wouldn't watch Strictly Come Nursing would you on the television <laughs> Be I don't honest. know. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you Celebrities would. talk, you know, teamed up with a you, doctor, and they have to be know. the nurse in a series of emergencies. Well, that, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a really good right. idea. That's uh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's n- what
2: nurse idol, I'd watch. You see,
3: when I first
1: tuned into <laughs> Animal Hospital, I was open. <laughs> it was going to be like Alsatians <laughs> doing open heart surgery on <laughs> human beings. See, you know, if they'd been carefully trained, like chimpanzees <laughs> am- yeah. amputating legs and stuff. But it wasn't like that. It was it was animals. Being operated on by you know quite competent human surgeons. Carry on about this explanation. Um,
3: and then the other another person says he um, the killers are asking the question: Are we human free to make our own decisions, or are we dancers controlled by God? I read a Brandon Flowers interview when that song first came out. As your answer,
2: yeah. Oh, I think that sounds the most plausible explanation. Frankly, well, I'm
1: not happy with the idea that dancers don't make their own decisions. Are you telling me that when Flavia <laughs> spins around the floor with her little dimples? She isn't thinking. Oh, I might. I might put in a quick um, side swivel, cross doble here just to just for collar.
2: No, she's just God's deciding all that.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> makes. I don't know why these people are being paid. There's some space for improvisation. <laughs> if they're, if they're mere automatons, <laughs> there is
3: space for improvisation. I like to think. But so. But you know, basically, they know where the routine's going.
2: Does Does yeah. the Almighty make the decision about which fake hairpiece for the, that they should wear? that night. I don't
3: think he's arguing that all dance is choreographed <laughs> by God. I think it's like a metaphor. We seem
1: to have established that God <laughs> is the executive producer of Strictly Come Dancing.
3: He's which we worried which, sick which, about Bruce all
1: yeah, right. well, is it, or did he do that himself? <gasps> yeah. Yeah.
3: Is this the first the first plot in, in worried, the slow withdrawal. I'm worried the slow about withdrawal of Bruce. I'm worried about Bruce because at his age, I don't think you come back from the flu. Oh, come oh, on. He should have a jab. Why hasn't he had a flu jab? <laughs> he probably has. He probably wouldn't go
1: through his wizened old wooden <laughs> arteries.
2: Thanks, <laughs> um, Skinner. So if
1: you're listening, Bruce, and you won't be, we do wish you were. I love Bruce, so, you know. Mm. I've had got, to apologise to David
2: honestly. Tennant. You've had to apologise to Bruce Forsyth. I, 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 I haven't. haven't I'd like said you said to, any... to apologise to your girlfriend. I
1: haven't said well, anything. Yeah, you should oh, yeah. apologise
2: to your girlfriend. Apologise now.
1: Well, I don't need to apologise to my girlfriend. Love conquers all. Don't you know that? Hello, <laughs> are you, what are you doing? What, what are you, you going to workshop that internally? <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.
2: Absolute Radio.
1: Now listen, I was—I um, went to see a comedy show a few weeks ago. It was a Monday night, and it was on a boat on the Thames, a moored boat called the Tattershall Castle, right? And there was this comedian came on, right, called Mickey Flanagan, right. And he came on and he did like twenty minutes. I honestly thought it was one of the best comics I'd seen for years. Completely blew me away.
2: We should get him on the show.
1: Yeah, well that's what I said. So I guess it was with us <laughs> in the studio. Cheers, Frank. Yeah, it's Mickey Flanagan. So um
0: are you always that brilliant? Uh <laughs> <So you're laughs> there free are two moments honestly. where I've been that great. Yeah, as you know as a stand up you have days when it just whoosh, takes off. Yeah. And other days and you think, oh, this is all imploding a little bit. But yeah. hopefully mostly like the time you saw me.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, it was, it was really, really fabulous. And I thought, why isn't this boat playing the O2 instead of this boat? So why aren't you? <laughs> Are you one of these guys who decided I don't want fame and glory and loads of money? I'd like to keep it real.
0: I've certainly taken my time looking for any sort of success, <laughs> that's for sure. I've sort of t- I think I came into it quite late with quite a philosophical attitude towards it and thought, got to the point where I was making a living. And like most working class fellas thought, oh, that'll do. <laughs> you know, sort of, a few quid on the sideboard, ain't got to go work till Thursday. And I sort of left it like that <laughs> <laughs> for about five
1: years. You've taken the few quid on the sideboard uh, yeah. approach to comedy.
0: You up. know, when you get up on a Monday morning and there's a lot of money on the table and you think, oh, that'll do. And your ambition seem, seems, this seems you seem like you've got there already. Yeah. you're not. You don't have to go to work anymore. Uh, And then people start saying, so what are you going to do next? And you think, oh, well, we've got to push on now. (laughs) Uh, And uh, and that's basically a couple of years ago, I sort of thought I probably should push on, partly just to keep it interesting and to keep doing new things, really. But I still essentially just love being a stand-up.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the best job in the world. That's fantastic. So why mess about with it? No, I agree with that. I'm saying this someone who com- uh, completely took the King's shilling, of course, <laughs> sold
2: out. <laughs>
1: did any, any money-making project, I could get my hands on. Not for money, can I say, just for glory.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: well, honestly, I, um, I only say this because I think you should be shared with the British public more.
0: Yeah, well, that is the idea. We are pushing on now. I mean, I am very interested in you know. But, but being a star, but I don't know. <laughs> when you sort of come from a fair, I've got to keep whacking on about the working class background. All those things seem like. Well, a can for, can, for I, for stop, can I stop you there?
1: Because I have a Mickey Flanagan fact sheet. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes, and the it, first point: get this, Mickey Flanagan is forty-five and was born at the London Hospital in Whitechapel and brought up on a council estate in Bethnal Green. Well, you've gone to the working <laughs> class. <haven't you? laughs>
0: Does it mention that my dad was in prison a little bit? It
1: doesn't mention oh, no. You put that, no. got marvellous.
0: It's great. I mean, I said it to him when I was five. I said, Dad, I'm, you're going to have to go to prison for a little while because <laughs> they're not going to believe I'm working class enough. <laughs> so he just went outside robbing people. It's he's, he's all he could do for me at the time.
1: So so was he in prison or was out, yeah, you out yeah, yeah. that
0: for colour? <laughs> no, he was. He went. He went to prison a couple of times, not spectacularly. You know, just a year here and there. How does one go to prison spectacularly? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, what I'm saying is that I think there are a lot of men who get at sort of eighteen months or a year. He never got like 15s or twenties. No. Like, you know those no. big ones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> those <laughs> big glamour <laughs> stretches.
0: You miss your whole childhood. <laughs> so he was gone for a little while.
1: I love I love the father's prison sentence boasting. <laughs> <laughs> My dad, can I say, if I went to prison, you've, you've, you've won this. I'll, I'm sort yeah. of. If we are playing top trumps, working class people, you've, yeah. you've completely won me on the prison sentence.
3: But,
0: is, but I do have to bring it in sometimes on conversations when people are telling me they're working class. But yeah. Frank
2: had an outside toilet, which he never tires of telling us. Did you we, have yeah. that as well? Uh,
0: no, he's dead. We had it. one. We, we, <laughs> 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 yeah my dad used to keep his guns in there so we weren't allowed <laughs> in the toilet uh, no we had because we got a council flat um when i was about two on a quite a nice council estate which yeah. they they did used to exist and they still do by the way and uh so yeah we had a toilet mm. <laughs> we had a toilet <laughs> had this. yeah we had the
1: toilet. it was just outside it just
0: seems right to have the toilet outside anyway sort of doesn't it yeah uh, you, know, you get the paper and you what? leave the building um, you know, I agree I, with yeah, that. I, that I, I
1: may have mentioned this before, but when when the council came around our house and said we're going to modernise your council house and we're going to put the, we're going to put you a, a toilet indoors, my dad said, "Toilet indoors? Isn't that a bit unhygienic?" It does seem odd, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's what we're going to do that 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 act endorsed. Yeah, that you should expression. have it outside of
2: your penthouse now. That'd
0: be good. Cool. Yeah, and <laughs> you know when your dad used to come out the toilet, have you used my penthouse <laughs> to show me
1: off in front of Mickey Flavigan. I might have. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Mickey. Carry on.
0: The toilet thing is, you know, will it? You, you knew when your dad came out of the toilet, he'd he'd been to the toilet. Didn't you you know, there was no vagaries about it. It would drift downstairs and yeah. seep into the other parts of the house, and you'd think, oh, good
1: god! No, no, we don't. I, I'm all for yeah. the outdoor one.
0: Absolute Radio.
1: This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Mickey Flanagan is our guest. I think I think arguably at the moment the funniest comedian in the world. That's, that's, my, <laughs> that's my that's my that's my summary. So uh, Mickey, you've got a. a, a I'm going to mention a rival radio station. I want you all to brace yourselves. You're going to. You're doing a show on Radio Four. Yes, I am.
0: Yes. And
1: it's called uh, What Chance Change.
0: Yeah. What 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 is it about? It's basically the because I, I took a show to the Edinburgh Festival in 2007, and I tried to look at all the various things you can do to change your life that you can do. Yeah. Having left school with no qualifications. Yeah. And I sort of looked at the fact that you can travel. You can start your own business. You can do what I did, which was eventually go back to university, sort of late on in life. All those things, and then ultimately you can chase your dream.
1: Can I say I've, I've got a, uh, a little graph here showing your working class, this, and it's just it's just <laughs> gone down. It's dry. <laughs> The <laughs> university thing has thrown
0: a complete spanner <laughs> in the works. Well, it is about that conflict of sort of coming from a place yeah. and then ending up somewhere where you're continually a little bit lost. Yeah, you know, you get around two people who are too highbrow, and you think, "Oh, what are you? No, know? never done a day's work." Yes, and then you go back home, and you sort of don't fit in <coughs> there properly either. And yes. you're continually challenged all the time with these two forces. Right. Some well, one of them's got ultimately got to win, and it's it's the an oil that's one with me. Yeah, you know I, I sort of moved <laughs> that <Brenton over. oil. laughs> Have you moved to balsamic yeah? or are you, you know, are you, man, are you breaking yourself you've got in cheating yourself haven't you, every now and then? You know, so we have sort of skewed. I've skewed that way, okay. Um, and you know, so and I and I spend a lot of my time sort of thinking. You know, was this it? Is this? Yeah, you, you. The minute you go, on I don't particularly want this life anymore. This working class life. Yeah. Inevitably, you end up somewhere. You end up like at the theatre or something, or. The opera or something. And you don't seem to fit in there. No. You're looking around thinking, I bet this is hard to clean. (laughs) You know, you think it's hard to get up there. (laughs) You're going to end up going to science breakfast with
2: the Astronomer Royal. That's what Frank I love science. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. Yeah, you see. Because I
0: did, my my degree was uh, in social sciences. But we did the first year looking at philosophy of science, which I think comes back to your dancer thing. Which I think. Say, what I
1: love about this Mickey, we've done <laughs> two links with you. It's like Doctor Dr. Jekyll and <laughs> Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Dr. Counselor State and Mr Balsamic Vinegar.
0: Well my dad said to me when he got out of prison last time, <laughs> he said, you know, it's all about free will and determinism, which I think <laughs> like... what's <laughs> 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 Which is what I think that song's about, the dancer thing. It's oh, about, right. have we got free will or is it all predetermined? Yes. I think that's its a philosophical argument that's gone on since time began. Yes. So um, so this Radio 4 show, it is a comedy though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. all the funny <laughs> bits from those experiences. Okay. And just the thing of going to uh, university and sort of having a working class accent. And people looking over, you know, thinking, yeah. oh, blimey, the window cleaner's keen, isn't he? You know, that sort of uh, <laughs> that sort of attitude that... Basically, you've rewritten Educating Rita. Yeah, to a large <laughs> extent. That film really... I, I watched that film and it did really, you know, yeah. resonate. Oh, yeah, I agree, <laughs> yeah. And I think everyone who's come from a, that sort of background, when you go to university, you, you always feel a little bit... You should be apologising for it when you're entitled to do it. No, I think that, that is
1: true. And I think that I, I still, if I, uh, like I did, a, uh, I repeated someone's gag earlier about Wagner. And afterwards I felt quite guilty. I thought, <laughs> I thought, no, you know, there are people listening to think, and they're thinking, oh, he's, he's changed. And, uh, you know, I mean, you, f- you, yeah, you, do, yeah. you do worry about that. So you're going to do a warm up in order to um, try out all this
0: stuff from the, the yeah, show. because so people f-
1: can come and see it yeah, live. Yeah.
0: The Hobgoblin, if anyone's at, over in South East London uh, on the 22nd of November on a Sunday night. We're going to be starting about eight o'clock. I'm going to be going through the whole show in two parts, probably. So it's a fabulous insight as well into uh, into how a comedian puts together
1: a radio show.
0: Yeah, it will be really interesting to see me struggling with certain things that I I have to talk about in a quite a. a clean way yes um, yes <laughs> yeah you know a wholesome way because it's going out at six thirty on um radio 4 so obviously there are certain things you can't talk about yeah but there's enough in the show that i don't have to go down that road anyway yeah but and you can't you know so they'll be watching me basically rehearse but it's still funny
1: yeah you know, I mean? trust me it will be funny <laughs>
2: absolute
1: radio so uh, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We're, we're with Mickey Flanagan, and uh, we were just talking about his forthcoming radio show on uh, on Radio Four. But also, you did um, you did a stand up comedy course, yeah, to learn to be a stand up comedian. Is that
0: how yeah, it yeah? It's it was very popular at the time. I don't know if it's still going, but a lot of the people on the circuit now did a that one or a version of it. This uh, was at
1: the place called Jackson's Lane. If you live in London, it's was a, a very well known Jackson's Lane
0: Community Centre. Yeah. yeah. And basically, what, do you, what do you do? Yeah. Well, you sort of turn up, and there's normally about ten of you at the beginning, which then we down. In my group, I think it came down to about six. And are these people who have never done stand-up, but never, they want to? Never, ever. Okay. Never been near it. And, and what you get to do is meet working circuit comics who run the, the course. Right. And they sort of talk to you about what it is you want to... What do you think your persona might be? Yeah. How to build up material. Just basic things like standing by the mic... Yeah, getting the mic out the way, looking at the audience, you know, just little techniques like that. They cannot make you funny. No, they can t- tell you probably best not not to do that. And but these this is a nice way to you know, and it just gives you the confidence to book, maybe book your first five minute open spot. Okay, because as you know, most people go, I'd quite like to be a stand up comedian. Ten years later, they're still thinking it.
1: Yeah, true.
0: So someone needs to give you say to you, yes, you can do it.
1: Yes. See, see what I did, I thought I'd like to be a stand-up comedian. I'd seen some comedy in Edinburgh, so I booked a room for the next Edinburgh Festival (laughs) to do an hour. (laughs) This is absolutely true. And I hadn't done any comedy at all at that point. And I actually tied with the idea of writing some comedy but not trying any out until I arrived in Edinburgh. And I thought, I'd better give it... I'd better try a few gigs. And, of course, when I tried, I was appalling. Yeah. So I had about, by that point, about eight months to get... An hour of material for the Edinburgh Festival, otherwise I'd lose uh, 400 quid, which was my life savings at the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a a a story, I think, that a lot of people, maybe back then when you started, probably thought, oh, you just sort of get up and talk. Yeah. And then learn very quickly that they look at you like,
1: yeah. Well, you can get up and talk, but (laughs) so will the audience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They'll get up and leave. Well, you know? and some will talk quite loudly <laughs> yeah. in your
1: direction.
0: Th- 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 which way you come into stand-up, you learn very quickly. They let you talk as long as it's a funny bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? And so you see people doing their open spots and they're talking away. You go, you've actually not realised that there has to be a funny bit at some yes. point. Because people start going... You get the beers in, will you? The skis what you? you know, um, they were probably away the week they did jokes
2: <laughs> on the course.
1: You know, <laughs> imagine if, if you, you know. missed that part. Yeah, and they haven't said to the others, can I borrow your notes from last week? they thought, I'll be, I'll bosk be, I'll it. They, they were great
2: uh, at holding the mic stand, though. They knew
0: yeah, how to do that. Yeah, that, that bit you could get. Um, but the, I did meet, I met um, certain people who are still characters on the circuit, like Ivor Dembina took one of the... Weeks sort of two weeks, I think. You he know. was the first sort of alternative comic I ever saw. Either then, yeah, and he sort of said to us, in, uh, "You'll you'll get all the bits together that it takes to be a stand-up. You know, persona and confidence, and you'll know what to do. But writing material will always be hard." Yeah, well, and it certainly was for Ivor Dembin. <laughs> <laughs> he used the same 20 minutes for about 15 years. In fact, I think he said the word impossible, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I've changed it to hard. Well, he
1: used to do a job in North London, and when he did, he did the same material every week, and loads yeah. of people used to come, and he'd do a joke, and people would shout, again! <laughs> <laughs> But he did, he did finally, went through a sort of renaissance and then he wrote loads and loads of new stuff and changed. But if a peer, he was stuck for a while, he was, like, you know, he was stuck on that material.
0: A lot of people do get stuck, Yeah, you know, because the circuit's so big and wide, you can do the same set for years and years and, you
1: yeah. know, and but that's
0: it, dull, isn't it? <laughs> it can drive people, it can drive you up the wall, yeah. And also, Mickey, I'll be honest, my memory isn't what it was. Well, I did a show last <laughs> I night. I need to <laughs> improvise, I can't remember 20 minutes. stuff. I, the show I did last night—I did two forty-five-minute sets—and halfway through the second one, I literally was doing that thing. I was looking at the ceiling, thinking, "Where am I now?" Yeah, you know, and you have to look at the audience, and they know. Well, they sometimes because I did things when, when you do
1: four <laughs> twenty-minute gigs in a night. Yeah, and yeah. Come the third one, you're thinking, "Have I done this material before? Have I have I just said that?" It's that's quite that's quite scary. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just think about how scary that is. <laughs> okay, so look. Um, Mickey, we can, if we want to see your warm-up gig, well, it's at the um, Obgoblin in East
0: Dulwich. yeah? It's in Forest Hill. Oh, Forest Hill, okay. Directly opposite Forest Hill's Oh, I'm going to go station. to
2: that. I haven't been to Forest Hill either. we okay. oh, That'll
0: be lovely. So, and when is it? Can't promise a lot. <laughs> Don't say that. I'm trying to get <laughs> no, people I mean, to the go The show yeah? will be great, but Forest Hill, go, <laughs> okay. it's it's in... It's there isn't a forest. Embryonic. It's changing. OK. <laughs> 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 What's the date? It's on. Uh, uh, it's the twenty second of November.
1: Right, and it's the, the, the Hobgoblin Forest Hill Chip. I absolutely recommend it. This man is the future of comedy. Cheers, Mickey. Thanks for coming. Thank in. you very much, Frank. Absolute Radio. We move now towards the end of the show. It was
2: good, wasn't it? I, you know, mm, I love, love, you
1: know, love it. it.
2: It's a great job. This. I love that Mickey Flanagan. Oh, that Mickey. He's fun. awesome.
1: I tell you, he's he's up is really. I, didn't, I wasn't just saying because you you might have been thinking I was just saying it because he was here.
2: Yeah, cuz you sometimes lie to be honest. Yeah,
1: sometimes. Once the minute they've gone, the minute the door's shut, I start I lay into them. But now he's he's proper funny. I've in all that stuff about working class people uh, or people from working class backgrounds doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Mm. I've got what about get this? Right, I I'm going to do a plug now. Oh, I've God. got I've got a short story in the Sunday Times magazine tomorrow. Seriously. <laughs>
2: Do, do you end it by saying I woke up and it it was all a dream? No, I, I,
1: I, I, I that's don't, a great ending. I I'm going to end this anecdote like that. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so if you're interested in what sort of a short story I might write, it's not it's not jokes. It's sort of uh, it's sort of neo Shakespearean,
2: is it? Does <laughs> it start? Neo it was a cold and frosty morning. <laughs> no, you keep on about how it starts. You have to
0: read it. <laughs>
1: You'll have to read it without, if you're going to be dismissive about it before you've even read it, Emily Dean. And yes, I have used your surname and what of it? <laughs> oh, SRB. SRB. A sausage in a roll in a box for me.
2: Oh, I love that ad. Yes. I what happened that at the cinema It in was the the 70s. a cinema ad. It
1: used to be, do you remember the one for Kiora? When it used to be it, like a crow. No. Kiora and they used to say to that there used to be, there used to be a crow going to drink it and then this yeah. other character would say too orangey for crows <laughs> <laughs> Which I, didn't I don't like. remember
2: that but you've made that up no no that no,
1: definitely true, happened yeah. just for me and my dog because now on Friday nights when I'm watching the, the seances I like to walk around the house going arr arr ar, arr ar, arr ar, arr ar, arr arr a corum so anyway um, that's it from us thanks for listening and uh, if you still are <laughs> good day to you